everyone, and it's another episode of Surprise Guest with me, Pia Arcangel. And I'll be honest with you, medyo kinakabahan ako for this episode kasi wala pa akong clues ha kung sino yung ating surprise guest will be. Pero alam ko na our guest is not based here in Manila. Alam ko, importante yung ating surprise guest. So I will uh, receive the clues. Samahan niyo ako, hulaan natin kung sino ating surprise guest. Okay? First, ako ay top three in the world. At ako ang pinakamataas lumipad at tumalon na atletang Pinoy. Oh my goodness. Okay, first clue pa lang yan. Is that you, EJ Obiana? Yes, po. Yes! <laughs> wow! Hi, EJ! Quick. Hi, po. Where in the world is EJ Obiana right now? In a small town in Italy called Formia, po. Wow, you're in Italy now. Parang yung last na nag-appear ka sa balita namin. Eh, hindi ka pa na sa Italy, di ba? Parang nagko-compete ka. What was your last competition? Oh, I was in Hungary. Ah, Hungary. Okay, okay. So, yes, medyo close. Wait, alam mo, EJ, there were other clues, ha? Pero nag-gets ko na kaagad. <laughs> But the two other clues were, okay, babasahin ko. Gamit ko ay pole. Cute kasi tong clue na to. Ngayon ko lang nabasa kasi nag-gets ka na dun sa first. Gamit ko ay pole, pero hindi ako pole dancer. <laughs> okay, that was clue number two. And clue number three was, mabilis tumakbo, mataas lumandag, pero hindi ako superhero. Sino ako? Siyempre, si EJ Obiena. <laughs> EJ, nako, first of all, thank you so much for saying yes and joining us today. Alam namin, you're very busy. That's okay. I mean, it's not every day na makikita ko po yung pinapanood ko ng bata sa TV and unang hirit. So, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, no. so how can I not say yes? <laughs> well, thank you so much. Okay, and two things. First, I'm flattered that you used to watch the shows that I was a part of. Second, parang a little off because ngayon, alam ko na na ganun kalaki yung age gap natin. <laughs> Just kidding, hindi ako lang. But EJ, like I said, diba, you're very busy. And you know, a lot of people have been wanting this chance to speak to you and get to know you more. First things first, how are you? Because like you said, you're in Italy, very far from home. Anong pinagkakabalahan mo ngayon after your last competition? Next competition, as uh, cliche as that sound, I have a, a few more. Actually, more than the first half of the season. So, medyo busy po with uh, training. But um, hopefully, I'll be back home. After almost three years now. So I'm looking forward to that. A bit excited, you know, a bit busy, maybe a little bit nervous as well. When are you expecting to come back home? Um, at the end of the season. I'm. That's the thing. I still don't know when would be the last competition I will be doing. Uh, that mm-hmm. would depend on ano po, so ranking and everything, you know. All of these things needs to kind of play as well as it could for the season to maximize my potential this year. And yeah praying that when that ends, there's going to be enough time for me to be back home, spend some time with family, friends, and my dogs, of course. <laughs> Your dogs? How many dogs do you have? <laughs> um, I have two. One is like mine and the other ones we, me and my sister kind of share. Ah, okay. So you're a fur parent pala. What, what's the name of your dog? <laughs> so one is Sergey and the other one's Bimbi. Sergey and Bimbi. That's cute. Okay, is there a story behind that or wala lang? You just chose those names randomly. Um, Sergey is kind of, well, he's like the icon of our, our sport, pole vaulting. You know, he broke the world record 35 times, so. That's that's pretty straightforward. The first male dog that I, me and my sister got was named Sergey, and then I got this uh, same breed, actually a mini mini pincher, and female, and very shy. And I was like, I want to call him Bimbi, just out of the blue. It's like, yeah, 
you're gonna be Bimbi. Okay, very different process of naming for the two dogs. Yep. <laughs> Okay, but at least now we know. Well, you know, you mentioned, of course, your training. You're in the middle of training. Did you just come from practice today, right before this interview? Well, I needed to go to another city, do some tests, uh, like blood tests and everything, just to make sure, you know, where my levels at the start of the season, the end of the season, at least we have a uh, point where we're going to be starting off from the next next season po. Mm, okay, so parang baseline, para may pagkukumpurahan. Yeah. Okay, alright. <laughs> That's the word. When you get to my age, you know that word because you take a lot of blood tests and stuff. <laughs> oh, but <sure>. anyway, <laughs> so EJ, tell us what it's like for you when you're practicing or in the middle of training. Siguro, a lot of people think that training is a bit more like glamorous than than it is. That's really, to be honest, my life is really nomadic, repetitive, maybe not as boring as it is, but it is kind of boring. Mm. So, you know, I always do the same thing. It's a, how you say, it's a repetitive process. It's the same. You know, you want to perfect your craft. You need to train, and train and train, train until you know it like the back of your hand and you can do it basically with your eyes closed. So, yeah, so that's what we do. I, I train twice a day, eight to ten times a week. So that means like, you know, um, some are one time a day, some are twice a day. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy the challenge of it. But at the same time, I would be lying if I say every time the oval or the training area, I'm excited and let's go. I'm ready. Oh, of course, there are times that, you know, I really pull myself out of the bed and said, hey, you know, this is something I need to do. You want to be better. These are the days that I just need to bite my my lip and say, hey, you know, this is what it takes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, training is fun and all, but at the same time, it gets serious from time to time. You know, um, to be honest with you, me, like a lot of other Filipinos, parang pole vaulting really just came into our awareness at the last Olympics when we watched you. I mean, I'm speaking from experience here. I, I knew I knew what pole vaulting was, but I didn't really know how it worked. You go a number of times and you do the same jump and then just see the highest that you can go, right? So is this the kind of training you do on a daily basis? Your, your drills are also like that? Parang takbo, tapos talon on a daily basis? Um, hindi naman po. Uh, iba-iba po. So say, pole vaulting is a very complex and very technical event. Even in, you know, where we're part of track and field, it's it's really is a little bit out of their dimension, I guess. You don't see people running around with stick, planting it in a box and then trying to fling themselves over another bar. So pole vaulting, I can divide it as track, which is the running part of it, and maybe until the the takeoff where I actually jump. But then the other part is actually gymnastics. You know, the aerial spatial awareness and everything. It's quite gymnastics, and to be able to connect both of that, I would say that's strength. That's gonna be in the gym. That's gonna be you know the work that we do in the gym. So these are the things that we need to train in in a week and in one microcycle. It's 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 the plan. So we do some running, we do some weightlifting, we do gymnastics. I do similar things like Kaloy, but not in that level. You know, he's like here and I'm like, I'm scratching <laughs> the surface, you know? So yeah, so I do a bit of weightlifting. Of course, not as well as good as Heidi, but you know, we have these things that hopefully accumulates and, you know, make me a better pole vaulter. So mm-hmm. sometimes, for example, for Monday, I'll do Siguro jumps. That's the first thing I would do, the actual vaulting. And then maybe in the evening, I'll do some weightlifting some strength training and then the next morning I'll do some running and then in the afternoon I'll do some gymnastics and then the day after I'll do some speed endurance 
for overall fitness. So these are the type of uh, how do you say? I guess my my routine in in a week in a week's time. So much work and effort, and then um, to put into you know when you're watching it, it looks like um, you know a, a few seconds or a few minutes of movement, but so much work and effort really goes into that. I'm wondering though, paano ka ba napasok sa pole vaulting? Because diba usually sa Pilipinas hindi naman yun yung basketball. unang iisipin. Yeah, exactly, basketball. And you're also a pretty tall guy, de ba? Um, there's basketball, there's volleyball, lots of different sports. Although alam ko na you're you're Dad was an athlete, diba? Yeah. So, pero ikaw, in particular, paano ka napasok sa pole vaulting? I think I was introduced by my dad. You know, I can't deny that. My dad was the guy who put me in pole vaulting. He's the guy who I looked up to, you know, as a kid. I mean, you see your dad as a, you know, your modern day superhero. You know, he does things that you can't, you know, he lifts you, he throws you in the air. You know, these are the things that my dad used to do. And anything that he does is amazing for me. And imagine seeing it from my eyes someone flinging themselves like 16 feet up in the air so it's out of this world and then of course you know as a kid you want this flight you want to experience in free fall or, or some kind of sense of flight like like what superman and these superheroes that we watched when we were kids and the easiest thing that i saw was pole vaulting and the closest thing that my dad can give me was pole vaulting and then i basically got into it and then you know it slowly progressed into an opportunity to get scholarship and an opportunity for me to be recruited by, you know, big universities in Manila. That's when it started to be more of a sport than just some pastime, some, something that is fun for me. I kind of got into it in university, got recruited, and that's where basically it started to be serious and represented Philippines and so on and so forth. Do you still remember yung unang beses na sumubok ka ng pole vaulting? Like yung unang takbo and talon over the bar? I don't think I can remember it vividly. I just know that I, I was not trying to jump over the bar. I was trying to get over the, the mattress, the, the pit where we actually land. You know, being small kid, you know, and then my dad is actually pulling the the pole across, and I just basically hang, and then you know, kind of goes over the not even the bars, just a set of foam pits. So that's that's what is the earliest uh, memory of pole vaulting for me. And then, kailan mo na realize na parang teka, pati ko tong gawin, you know, as a career, parang I can I can really shift my entire focus to pole vaulting. Well, I never really saw it as a career, and I think I'm I'm one of those athletes that I I understand that this is this is not a career. This is my opportunity to make history. You know, you know what I mean. As an athlete, I didn't see it first like, oh, I'm good at it. No, I was not good at it. You know, I was I was decent in Philippines. I was good maybe in university in the Philippines, but competitively outside of the Philippines, I was terrible. I didn't make the world uh, juniors, which you know a lot of the athletes at that time at my age were able to go to. So I think I wanted that Olympic dream and I really felt that I was close enough to make it a reality. But then, you know, I got injured and I think that kind of just put a bit more importance. You know, you know what they say when you lost something and then you, you're given opportunity to have it again, you know, you just want it a little bit more. You know, you understand the value of it. And yeah, when pole vaulting was took away from me back in 2017, I had, you know, basically two options in six months, like continue my studies in, in USD and, and, you know, live a normal life. I've done my part as an athlete or pursue my dream to be an Olympian and try to make 
Tokyo Olympics. It didn't make a lot of sense at that time. But I said to my parents, you know, I, I, I would regret it when come the time where I can't do this anymore. I would regret it not trying. I didn't see it as a career. You know, I just saw it that this is my opportunity. And it meant so much for me that I needed to try it was a hard, you know, as Filipinos, it is a hard decision to tell my parents that I'm going to focus on pole thing for the next two years. I'm going to take a leave of absence from, from my university and study as minimal as I needed and pursue this dream that seems to be impossible at that time. I'm quite curious about what you said. You mentioned that for you, it's not really a career. It's it's really the an opportunity to make history. How does that work? I mean, why why is it not like a career? Why don't you consider it a career at this point? I mean, given that you've put so much focus and time and talent into it. Well, I, I consider career something that you can do for maybe for a good amount of time or for the rest of your life or something that actually also put food on the plate. The reality of the sport in a world that I live in, uh, we don't make money. It's not a professional sport like basketball or volleyball or baseball or golf or tennis. Anybody in track would tell you that. And it is just an opportunity to be part of this, that very historic Olympic movement. And, you know, at the time in the Olympics, we didn't have a gold medal. And the first was done by Hedelin. And it is something that I saw as an opportunity for me to be part of the history. It is something that was truly possible. I cannot just pass on that moment. It didn't make a lot of sense if I, I guess not a lot of people would understand that. But you know, when you understand that you're given an opportunity to make history, it really would not matter. Maybe I am obsessed <laughs> in a way, but you know, it really wouldn't matter if it's a career or not. You know, you know what I mean? It's it's a different spectrum of thinking, I would say. But of course, I would love it to be a career and a lifetime journey. But I do understand the reality of things and in the country that I represent. I do understand the reality where I'm at. And that's why I don't call it as a career. I see it as a way for me to make history. And now I understand. That makes sense. So it's pag yung drive mo comes from really wanting to get that medal and, you know, do it for your country. I mean, obviously you're doing it not just for yourself, but for your country when you say that you want to make history. Yeah, the and, I mean, putting it just a thought, you know, just just throw it out there. Imagine you're 50, you're telling your kid, hey, you know, I was once this, and then they'll actually beat up on you and, you know, history books and, you know, this kid's having, you know, your grandchildren or, or your, your kid even having your own surname and then they're in class and like, yeah, the first gold medal is actually hidden in Diaz and you hold that last name Diaz and you know your mom is hidden in Diaz. You know, that, that sense of pride that your kid and you also feel is, is something and it's not going to be erased in the rest of history of the Philippines. And yeah, it's it makes me just more motivated. So that's that's how I see it. Well, sabi mo, EJ, na, um, it's not a professional sport. So the earning is not like it is in basketball or other professional sports. So um, how do you fund your Olympic dream? I mean, paano, paano, na, paano mo nagagawa na ipagpatuloy ito knowing that, you know, syempre hindi naman, hindi biro ang gastos sa training kapag ikaw ay isang elite athlete. So how does it work for you? Plus also, um, we know that, you know, there was trouble in the past between you and Patafa, although um, that's all settled already ready right um <laughs> so, so how does it I work mean, first thing is i really have a good people around me like i can't emphasize this enough i have a really good team you know my coach my physio my my manager acting manager 
even, I would say, because he's actually a friend of mine and he doesn't even take commissions out of my sponsorships. So these are, you know, the people that make it possible for me to do what I do. And of course, you know, the support that I get from my alumni, from my schools, they do fund some of my my trips. And it may not be as glamorous as, you know, an American athlete having all the support, but I am funded by the Filipino people. What I mean by that, I'm funded by, you know, my my school, my university, Filipino companies, corporations. I'm part of the sports foundation that also brought the first gold medal of the country. MVPSF and you know all of these and I have various Philippine brands like Allianz you know that are based in the Philippines that they try and make sure that you know it's possible to do what I do I cannot exist without these and I cannot pursue my dream and definitely afford what I need to do without these people and of course you know Philippine Sports Commission as well they do support athletes. Yeah, we we just pull what we can pull and make the most out of it. So I'm curious now because you're training in Italy, de right? Sabi mo nga you're in Italy right now. Um, ilan kayo from your team who are there now working on your training? I'll say the head of the head is my coach, uh, Vitali Petrov. He's the guy who decides where I go, what I do, what I compete. And then I have my physios. I have two physios that work here that are Italians which make it, you know, cheaper. I don't need to pay their housing and everything. <laughs> they are here. And I have my psychologist who graduated in UP and John Hopkins University, all the way to San Francisco, California, who also helps me out through, you know, virtual calls and everything. And then I have my friend um, and uh, former CEO of PNG and BAT in Philippines and Coca-Cola back in the day. And He's now in Dubai working and he's the guy who basically kind of glues everything together and make sure that, you know, what I need is taken care of by someone or something, if not him. And this is how it kind of works. I do my thing. I follow what my coach says. My coach coordinates with my group. And then it's just a well-oiled machine that I'm able to just focus on the task at hand, which is hone my craft to be the best in the best. Mm -hmm. You mentioned you have a sports psychologist. So this means training is not just physical, it's also mental. Definitely. How important is the mental aspect or like your your calls? Are they regular? Actually, the first parang the first time I ever parang was aware of sports psychology and how it's used um, you know, in this day was when I was watching Ted Lasso. It's a series about um a soccer team and they have a sports psychologist who they would see regularly. So I never really thought it was um a huge deal until I I watched the series. But so like for you, how important is it? Is it something you always had or is it like just a luxury for athletes who can afford to have a sports psychologist? Well, I never won a major championship until 2019. And incidentally, I worked with a psychologist in 2019. So if that doesn't show how important it is to have a psychologist, or sports psychologist especially, it's kind of different. You know, in the field of sport, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of things going on. And it's easier to have someone from the outside to see it. And my psychologist does that for me. And I really like the way she approaches things that I need to be a human first before to be an athlete. So that's why she's a clinical psychologist as well and a sports psychologist. She works on the human side of me to be able to be the best athlete that I can be. When it comes to these elite levels, like in the highest level of competition, there are, I would say, techniques that you can use that are, you know, may, it might be physical that affects the way you think. 
or the way you carry yourself or the way you approach the game or you know just even your routine and all of these these fall under psychology and to be honest when it comes to competition you've done all the work that you can physically it's just the mind and the body needs to be in sync and that's more you know more in the mind so i would say preparation wise it's 90 percent body then maybe 10 percent mentally when it comes to competitions it is 90 percent brain and just pure just your mentality of how you approach a game and 10% is how fit you are. Because parang kumbaga naka-autopilot na yung katawan mo. It's really just your mind controlling it all. True, true. Do you have like a mantra or something you recite or say to yourself right before you take off for each jump? Um, Not really, but I have this thing that I always think about when I, I take a jump. You know, when I, I've done the work, this is my time to show it. I've done the work, you know, I deserve this. I've killed myself in training. I deserve to jump this bar. That's my way of saying, you know, to calm myself down and, and kind of pull my nerves. That's a secret. Now, now it's out. So <laughs> and, but anyway, I'm just kidding. But it is my, my thought process. So, you know, when I'm, when I'm not well prepared, it's hard for me to, to keep performing the way I perform because I pull my, both my physical and mental strength into that, knowing that I have given everything that I can to be the best mm -hmm. EJ or Vienna at that day. I'm curious, um, in each competition, do you see the same guys? Is it like the same guys from Tokyo, like Armand Duplantis? Are they the ones who are, you also compete against in these competitions? Well, it, it kind of depends. So Armand, I do see him a lot as much as I hate to see him <laughs> from time to time. I do see him. <laughs> but anyway, um, kidding aside, I do see these guys and we travel a lot together, but it's not always the same guys I compete with. So I have meets that I need to defend my points and some guys would be there that would want to be challenging that and some are, would not be there because they want to do some other competition. So those are, um, I guess, the facts of the event. So we do see each other more often than not. And yeah, we we try to, to put on a show, I guess. So does this mean that you guys are kind of friends already because you see each other so often? Oh, yeah. I mean... <laughs> I I would say I'm I'm a good I, I would say Ar Mondo or Armand the plant is called Mondo Mondo is a good friend of mine I need to learn golf because he enjoys golf I do enjoy tennis though so and uh, you know fun fact he brought one of my posts in Belgrade where I was supposed to be his mom actually brought it from the US to Belgrade so I would say we're we're quite close and he's a really nice dude and yeah just tough to be. <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. So, gano na yung level ng friendship niyo. You call him na Mondo by his nickname. Yeah. <laughs> and wait, you mean nagpabili ka ng pole sa US tapos yung mom niya yung nagdala? Yeah, because it's hard <laughs> to ship that. So, he's bringing <laughs> a set of poles anyway. So, I called this guy who manufactured, like, hey, can I just kind of tag along? And I'll ask, I'll ask them if they would be okay with it. And they're like, yeah, sure. It's not a problem. It's another pole in the bag. And yeah, I mean, basically, I, I save, I don't know, like $600 for <laughs> for wow. shipping that. So thank you. Um, thank you to Greg and Mondo. Greg <laughs> is his dad, so yeah. That's so cool. Ito pala yung ano, no, elite athlete version ng Pasabay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh -oh, Olympian version. Pwede pala yun. Yep. <laughs> Well, you know, EJ, like I told you, parang I only started watching pole vaulting at the last Olympics when you started doing it. I mean, you know, we wouldn't watch the normal 
track sports like you know um, 100 meter dash ganyan. but parang pole vaulting was something I really watched closely in the Tokyo Olympics because of you and well you know sometimes my mind it wanders when I'm watching a sport and with basketball I, I drift towards the shoes of the players and look at the, because that's where you sort of see the personality of each athlete and I was thinking mm-hmm. um, in pole vaulting you kind of see the personality of the athlete in their socks because I mean you're wearing the, the regular outfit right? the the uniform provided for your country but parang you'll see the personality in socks eh. do you try and make a statement with your socks may problema ka ba sa career love life sex life or do you just need someone to talk to kahit gaano pa yan it's complicated pag-usapan natin yan sa share ko lang podcast i'm dr anna twazon isang psychologist Samahan niyo ako as we hear stories from personalities about issues that we all can relate to. May mapupulot ka pang tips para sa stronger and better version of you. Listen to Share Ko Lang Podcast, an original by GMA News and Public Affairs. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Hi, I'm Howie Severino. My colleagues and I developed this idea of creating a podcast as a safe space for sharing insights with leaders and interesting people across diverse backgrounds. I've been a journalist for 33 years as a newspaper reporter, news anchor, online editor, and documentary maker. But podcasting is fresh territory for me. Check out the Howie Severino Podcast, an original for GMA News and Public Affairs. New episodes will stream every Thursday. Listen for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other platforms. Empower yourself. And be safe. In pole vaulting, you kind of see the personality of the athlete in their socks. Do you try and make a statement with your socks? Yeah, I do. From time to time, you know, there's like meaning, at least for me, that it meant something for me. And at the same time, it is a reminder for me, po, na hey, I'm still doing a sport. Sport lang yan. Hindi pa, you know, don't. Don't be too damn serious about it, you know. And that's how I kind of still enjoy the game. And you know, kind of, that's one of the things of psychology as well that sports psychology that helped me. But at the same time, it's a reminder that this is a game. Take it seriously, but at the same time, not so much. You know what I mean? And that's why I have these funky socks, like socks that just sometimes are way too colorful, <laughs> but very Because, cute. <laughs> yeah, it is. Thank you. Do you have a favorite pair or medical favoritong color or design para sa socks mo? Actually, I try to rotate them as randomly as I can. If well, I try to not use repetitive socks. That's why I have way too much socks now. But um, I don't want to stick to one and have this pamahiin in a way because what if nakalimutan ko and then unfortunately my competitions are sometimes back to back. So you know, yeah. So I try to avoid having that, uh, like a one special one. But all of them are special, especially the ones that I win championships on. I I keep it, I frame it, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be a souvenir that I would say, hey, I was wearing that when I want this. You know. Oh, I was gonna ask ngale. So like, kung wari yung suot mo nung Tokyo, tinago mo na yon yung mga medyas na yon. Yes, yes. When you say tinago mo yon, meaning they're in a special place. 
no longer to be used or you still use them? Yes. No, no, no. I don't ah, use them okay. anymore. They're like a, a token of that moment. They're reserved to that. <laughs> Pero cute kasi ng socks mo. Are these custom made for you or do you buy them online or you just see it in the store randomly and then you pick it up? Paano ba yun? A mix of all. I have a sock with the face of coach which nobody has seen because he said he's gonna kill me if I ever use it. I was gonna and, say, uh, parang hindi namin I, nakita sa Tokyo yon. Yeah. <laughs> I do have socks that, you know, I buy online that I see, oh, this is quite nice. And then there are some random socks that I just see in the stores, you know, walking around this city. I was like, hey, this will be interesting. This is nice. And yeah, and then sometimes I pick it up and I use it the next day. Um, it's just, uh, how do you say living, I guess. Baka after nito, EJ, and dami mo nang matatanggap na socks from fans and supporters from all over the world. <laughs> Baka lagay nila face nila. Oh yeah, nila. please send it. <laughs> send it. That would be even be more interesting. That would be fun. I'm gonna look for a cool pair of socks and send it to you, okay? <laughs> yes, please. All the way to Italy, your secret location. Just kidding. <laughs> so how long have you been training in Italy? Well, I haven't been back home since 2019, so <laughs> um, three years now. But I've been in and out uh, way back when I had the scholarship from the International Federation before. From 2014, I've been in and out like two months here and then back home. Two months in the next year and then back home. Something like that. Parang there's a there's this image of parang elite athletes who work really hard, but they also know how to have fun and let go and party hard. <laughs> Does this apply to you or pang pelikula lang yon? <laughs> I don't know if I well it depends on what you define fun. I I have fun when I bolt. You know I have fun when I I compete and and win. You know these are the things, and I I think. I don't like parties anymore. I think I kind of kind of grow <laughs> a little bit too old for those. But um, I love tennis. So tennis is one of the things that really gives me fun. Depends on how you define fun, I guess. Yeah, and I love driving cars. That, those are the things that I I do try to from time to time. If I'm given opportunity, yes, definitely. When you say you like driving cars, you mean competitively, like racing cars, or basta may magandang oh, no. sasakyan, you like driving around the city in it? I really like driving. So any car, I like driving. But then I was given opportunity by Porsche Italia back in 2020 to drive one of their cars. And I just fell in love with it. And I'm just like, you know, these are the things that you cannot buy with money. I, I understand you can buy the car, but the experience of driving it, you know, around the city, around, you know, wherever you are, it's it's an experience of a lifetime. And I do, I don't know, I just have this inkling to it. And I, I do really enjoy it. Like, it's a different kind of relaxation, kind of, I don't know, I, I don't even know how to describe, you know, like some of your hobbies, you just can't describe how happy it makes you feel. And that's that's what it is for me, tennis and, and cars. So driving anywhere, like kung mas dito sa Pilipinas, uh, you'll enjoy driving around here. I don't like man- <laughs> driving <laughs> in traffic. It sucks. But I use I used to drive. Okay. You know, I, I used to drive from UST or from my house, like very early in the morning going to the track. And those drives are are amazing. Like, like four AM in the morning where the sun is not yet coming up. The roads are kinda empty. And yeah, those those moments, I guess, are fun. But stuck in traffic, not a fan. Um, driving <laughs> from from Manila, going out somewhere, yes, 
definitely in the provinces. It's it is an experience that I, I I do enjoy. So you said that you had an opportunity to drive a Porsche. Does that mean until now you're still using a Porsche in Italy? No, no, I had ah, it for okay. like a week or okay, I okay. Think ten days. And then it was just for an experience. They luckily they were like connected with one of the competition that I did, and then they selected me. And then you know, it it was a uh, really a truly a blessing. I mean. I I couldn't have expected it. It was one heck of an experience. But now you get to drive around in Italy from time to time. Yeah, from time to time because the good thing about Europe and the good and bad thing, I guess, about my sport is I need to transport a five meter, um, that's 17-ish feet, almost 17 feet pole. You know, can you imagine flying with that? It's difficult. So most of the time we do take cars. Most of the time we take cars actually because it's just much simpler, safer for the poles and just the convenience of it. So yeah, I do I do get to drive in these uh, beautiful roads of Europe, especially oh, Autobahn. Oh, okay. Oh, nga, no? So you have to bring pala the pole around with you. It's a little difficult to get on a train with your pole. Uh, but so like from, mm. your, from your apartment to um, the training center, do you bring the pole with you or... No, it's, it's already there. there in the training center. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's there every the morning center. you have to walk with it. I just walk there or I, I have a, a electronic skate, an e-skate, and then I just go there. Easy. Oh, is that like a scooter? Actually, it's like a, it's a skateboard. Oh, ang cool yeah. naman ni EJ Obiena, skateboarding <laughs> to the stadium. <laughs> That's so cool. Fun fact, I actually helped design the ESC of that skateboard that I use. So, you know, I help work on it. Help. Not me. I help. But yeah, and then that's why I'm, I'm kind of proud that it's still alive after, I don't know, two years now. <laughs> wow. Hold on. Wait. When you say you helped design the EC, was, is that like the, the, the computer board or something? Yeah, it's actually the one that basically controls the electronics of everything. You know, the, the motors, how it breaks, how harshly does it breaks and how harshly does it ac- accelerate. You know, those wow. kind of things. It gets a bit of testing and trial and error and you know, yeah, that's that's what I did for for these for this board. And it's a it's a Chinese or Taiwanese brand and I just ended up getting connected with them and yeah, they asked me to do some real life tests with it and having the background of it and yeah, it it is something that I'm very proud of. I like you know sa pole vaulting, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's because it's what you studied. Parang that's what you studied. That's related to your electrical engineering course. Electronics, yes. Ah, sorry, electronics. Is the board there with you? I mean, you bring it inside with you? You park it inside your yes. apartment? Yes, it's very dirty now. And um, <laughs> I can take it, but it's very dirty. I can show you. It's very, it kind of worn, worn down now. Just imagine going to the track every single day for the past two years, rain or shine. So <laughs> the oh. board. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was curious. I wanted to see what it looked like. But if it's dirty, maybe oh, just sure. okay. Sige. Okay, lang to hold you it. Want, I'm yeah. really just curious. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm so amazed. There's parang ano bang hindi kaya ngawin ni EJ Obiana kaya niyang mag pole vault, syempre. And then apparently, it's an siyang electronics whiz. So it looks like this. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know why it won't There, I can see it. So one of the things that I ended up getting more testing it is like these wheels. Mm-hmm. So these are like the, the prototype that we, we basically kind of run tests on. That's one of the parts of the board that that I kind of play around. Wow. And those are the things that runs it. That's so cool. Imagine going to work in something you help design and help create. Oh, okay. Ang galing, I wish. Ang galing ni EJ Obiena. 
I, I, I'm so I've amazed. That, so I'll be rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently, um, in his spare time, EJ Obiana likes to design stuff. <laughs> okay, what else does EJ Obiana like to do? I like to draw uh, from time to time. Like um, yeah, animation so, or? Um, no, just drawing. Like really just plain drawing. Um, I can show it to you as well. Because <laughs> I have it here all in my table. So like Wait. these kind of things. I am cute. Uh, yeah. It's like a That's so cute. Curious. Yeah, then, Wait, bata ka pa lang ba? Mahili ka na mag-drawing? Um, a bit. But I, I I don't know. I think my dad has like this, this gift that he kind of passed on to me. The wow. creative side of it. And I have this. That's an, an Is it animation? Or is it supposed to be a caricature of somebody? Kasi well, picture ng babae. <laughs> a bit of a caricature of someone. But I it's difficult to get the hair curly. So I just decided the face kind of resembles her. But the hair is just so really different. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, wait. sorry, I... EJ, but this has me really <laughs> curious. Sino, sino yeah? <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a long time. It's, it's from my, long ago. My ex. <laughs> oh, yes. okay. Uh, was she Pinoy? Yeah. No, she's European. Ah, so you met her while you were in training? Yes. In Italy. If you don't, Wait, so if you don't mind my asking, EJ... I mean, stop me anytime. Huh? I'm just your curious tita here. <laughs> you can stop me sure. anytime. Because I was going to ask, with so much keeping you busy, do you have time to like go out and, you know, um, meet people? I mean, socialize, you know, because these are also important, right? Especially you're still young. You don't want to miss out. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I guess I'm missing out. So uh, those are the things that I, I just can't do. You know, that's the, that's the cool, so cool. Like, oh, I do this, this, and this. Yeah, but then I don't really have a life outside of the track in my house. It is what it is. Uh, I do socialize. I socialize with my fellow athletes in the track, you know, when we're warming up all together and like having a chat. So how was your day? How sore you are? You know, these kind of talks. But it's rare that I am able to go out and actually party with, you know, people that I don't see in the stadium, basically. I wouldn't say that you're missing out because for a lot of other people, that's how it is. It's like you only meet the people that you see at work, right? And then, if you meet somebody from another social circle because he's like this guy or this guy, but normally, that's how it is. Um, but... <laughs> I find it because because I find it really sweet that you have a caricature of your ex still with you um, in a notebook. Probably should remove that now. No, <laughs> no we're we're in good terms. We're in good terms. Oh, okay, so you're you're still friends. Is she also an athlete? Yes, she is. She is. Oh, okay. So, but you're in good terms, and you're friends. Are, are you yes. open? But does it mean that now you're um you're you're open to meeting other people, going out with other people? Oh, I actually I'm I'm dating someone. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so maybe yeah, I you should, should remove that, that from your notebook. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't know. So now she yeah. would. So that page okay. cannot stay anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, tanggalin na natin yung picture ng ex dyan. Caricature oh, lang naman. Yes po. Uh, hindi. Or, you know, what you can do is just make another caricature of her naman. <laughs> yeah, I do have. I have. I've done it. Yeah. Oh, you do. Okay. You also have yeah. na pala eh. Oh, dapat pala yun na lang yung yeah. pinakita mo sa amin kanina. <laughs> it's, this is what's accessible my drawing book. That's, yeah. Damn. Oh, baka naman the other Next one time. is naka-frame. <laughs> It's not a yeah, it's with her. Ah, it's, it's with, with her. her. Okay, yeah. so, oh, 
the, is it okay to ask if she's an athlete too or can you tell us a little yeah, bit about she's, her? Yeah, um, and she's an athlete. She lives in Berlin. She's a triple jumper. Uh, her name's Caroline. Then there you go. All the info. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I might be the tita who never gets invited again to another party because <laughs> and daming tanong. <laughs> oh no, no, it's cool. It's cool. Did you meet her like in a competition? Um, I met her here in the training camp, and then I had a a trip a, a trip that I need to go to in Berlin. Then I met her there again, and then she ended up flying back here and doing a training camp. And then that's where we kind of, you know, hey, it's a funny, awkward, cheesy kind of way of meeting people. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very, I, as I said, you know, I don't really go out. So most of the people that I know are either in the track or in my house. So small group of people. Mahirap but to be in a long distance relationship, especially given that your schedules are both very tight. Although I would imagine parang it might be easier in a sense because you both understand what it's like to be training. Exactly. Um, we both understand that, hey, you know, I need like four or five hours a day that I cannot use my phone. And then she knows that and I know it. I understand it. And then the good side of it, some of the competition that I do, she does as well. So, you know, we meet more often than not, especially in the season. And then, you know, she does have more training camps and she does do their training camp here in, in, in Italy. It is a long distance, but then again, I see her almost every two months, you know, for like a couple of days. So it's not that difficult. I, I would I would say, of course, I would prefer that she's here or I'm there, but we, we understand the, the sacrifice or at least the way that we kind of need to live. Oh, but that's not bad, ha? Every two months. Parang medyo madalas na rin yun. Oo. Exactly. Are you guys like, uh, <laughs> this is my last question. I'm so sorry. Uh-huh. I'm really just curious. <laughs> I love, I, I love always asking about love lives. So sometimes I just don't know when to stop. <laughs> but are you guys like, you know, IG official or something? Or hindi na uso yung ganon? Well, I don't really post a lot about the things that we do. I don't think it's needed. But yeah, I mean, people... People that do follow me and follow her know that we're we're together, but we don't need to say like you know, Caroline Drew, my girlfriend, you know, these and that. It's it's official. My parents know it. Her parents knows it. But it's you know, I I I'm not gonna be publishing it. <laughs> yeah, no need. I mean, it's not something we have to really tell people. Um, I was just curious and asking. <laughs> <laughs> Shucks, EJ, thank you so much for telling me all these and answering all these questions of mine because some of them are really quite random. But this is really the point of the podcast. It's a surprise conversation. So I really didn't know what to expect or who to expect. And I'm just so happy that it's you because for the longest time, you know, I've been wanting to, you know, a, a chance or an opportunity to speak with you, especially after the Olympics. And then I know your recent wins are such a big deal also. I guess maybe before, you know, we wrap things up, I just wanted to ask, for you, how would you describe the state of, of Philippine sports? Because there was a time I know that you were a little discouraged and you actually said this, that you were discouraged or it was apparent that you were discouraged. But now you continue to compete for our country. So how would you describe the situation now? I need to appreciate the good stuff. First is that I think we're at the golden age of Philippine sports. First, we just won our first Olympic gold medal. And then we just had the most successful Olympic Games ever in the history of of Philippines joining the Olympics. So that's one thing that we should appreciate. And I I should appreciate as well. But the second thing is that 
we are so far behind and there are things that we could do better. I indeed got, you know, it's not a secret that I was disappointed. I really was in a way on the verge of, of not being happy in the place or not being optimistic of the place that I, I'm at. That's where I kind of realized the importance more. You know what I mean? It's like I understood that, hey, you know, if everybody who goes through what I went through and just suddenly quits, and decides, hey, you know, Philippine sports is not worth fighting for, then what example am I setting for the next generation? This is one of the things that really kind of gave me a pillar to support me and be able to keep doing what I do despite what's happening. So the state of Philippine sports is in a good in a good way. But I do believe that it can be better in a lot of different ways. So that's why I'm here. That's why I'm sticking. That's why I said, you know, I'm I'm given an opportunity to be part of history. And hopefully that the future will be bright for Philippine sports. Thank you so much, EJ. Thank you for being that inspiration for all aspiring athletes. And not actually just athletes, but for all of us Filipinos. You know, yours is that example of somebody who works hard for what he wants and somebody who will continue pushing towards the end goal, which is not just for oneself, but for a greater majority. And it's great to hear you say, to hear an elite athlete say that we are in the golden age of Philippine sports because it just makes it so much more enjoyable to watch and that makes it so much more exciting to watch. And we really look forward to that. You know, um, EJ, this conversation was a surprise for me, but of course our staff prepared very hard for this particular episode. So before we really wrap things up completely, we have a quick game for you. Okay, to end it okay. on a light note, this is <laughs> okay. This is funny. I'm seeing it now. Sorry, natatawa ako with some of the questions. <laughs> the game is called Anong Pole Vault. Okay, so you just answer ko anong pole ang tinutukoy namin. Okay. 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 Madali lang to. Sure. Okay. First question: Sa ang pole nakatira si Santa Claus. North Pole. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Next. Okay. And ako. Anong vault? Ang sinisigaw para mabuo ang isang robot. Vote test 5. Yeah, ano yung, ano yung sinasabi nila? Yes, very good. <laughs> Ibang spelling, pero pasok. Yep. <laughs> ang witty nito ha. Okay, sinong pole ang kumita ng let it be, let it be? Paul McCartney? Yes! That's the time of my dad. I got yeah. it. I'm proud of that. <laughs> Galenga, EJ, you 3 know. of 3 so far. Okay, next, number 4. <laughs> sinong vault Ang nakikita lamang tuwing election. Oo, vote, vo- vote. Sounds like vote. Vote. Balot? Yung, yung nagkakas ng balot. Voters, right? Yes. So yung nakikita lamang tuwing election, flying voter. <laughs> Pwedeng pwede. Okay, three out of four, not bad. Sinong poll ang dakilang lumpo? Yes! Galing ni EJ, ha? Ang galing ni EJ. I would not have gotten uh, the answer to that. <laughs> Next. Uh, very uh, anong vault ang sintomas ng COVID? Uvolt? That's witty. Uvolt si Paul. Whoever did that, that's amazing. <laughs> okay, last. Anong poll ang baby palaka? Sad poll. Yes. There we go. Very good. Congratulations, EJ. You got six out of seven. I think we need to congratulate Alan. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Oo nga, Alan, congrats. Ha? Napakagaling nito. <laughs> this is the part that you will repost, okay, EJ? <laughs> sure. 
Okay, just kidding. All right, so EJ, before we end this conversation, do you have anything you want to say? Um, you have a message for all your supporters and tell us where we can follow you on social media as well. Well, first, I want to say thank you for everyone who made this possible. Sir Alan, uh, Miss P, I thank you for your time and thank you for having me in such a wonderful conversation. And to the rest of the world who's listening to this one, I hope you know it gives a bit of joy, a bit of maybe rub a bit of my traits and hopefully the good ones. Yeah, and to all the Filipinos out there, keep doing what you do. You guys are the best. And maraming salamat. Thank you for everyone who supported me. It's been truly been a one magnificent and amazing journey that I'm having. And I don't think a lot of people can say otherwise. So thank you for making it really a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You can follow me and be a little bit more connected with me in my socials, you know, in Instagram, Ernest Obiena PV, and in Facebook, just the same Ernest Obiena or EJ Obiena. Um, I don't have Twitter, unfortunately. I do have TikTok, but I don't really use it that much. I think getting a bit old for that stuff, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, so th- that's where you guys can follow me. Thank you very much again. I really do appreciate you guys having me here. Thank you so much, EJ. One last pahabo. What and when is your next competition? Oh, I have a lot. Um, I'll be... I don't know when this is going live, but I'm I'm releasing my next list of competitions, which will be going back to back to back to back to back. So I'm I'm competing on the 23rd in Germany in Jokrim, and then on the 25th in Lausanne, Switzerland, and then on the 28th I'll be in Leverkusen, Germany, and then on 31st I will be in Saint Wendel, Germany. And then on the 2nd, I will be in Brussels, Belgium. And then on the 4th, I will be in Berlin, Germany. And then on the 11th, I will be in Liechtenstein, Liechtenstein. So, yeah. What a schedule. Um, any, yeah. So anybody who's any Filipino, always, oh, I always see uh, a random Filipino out in the stand screaming. Yeah. So <laughs> hopefully, uh, looking forward to see uh, uh, some Filipinos out there and Hoping for a good result. Oh, well, that's great. And also, yay, because you're going to be in Berlin, which means you're going to get to see Caroline pala in a few months. Yes. Tama. Feeling yes. close na ako kay Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, just a few more days. Less than two weeks. Yeah. Please give her our regards. <laughs> Will do. Definitely will do. Thank you so much. Thanks for being so game and answering my million questions. Thank you so much. And we wish you the best of luck in your upcoming competitions. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ms. Pia, and hope to see you in person. And uh, thank you for everyone who, who made this really made this possible. It's been a fun conversation. Thank you, EJ. This amazing surprise was planned by the team of Alan Ebora and Aubrey de los Reyes, edited by Shirley Pagiligan with the wonderful people of Jimmy News and Public Affairs Digital. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Until the next surprise.